opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. It's a hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, which is a hard left wing position. Mussolini won't last long, tell you the reason why. We're gonna salt his beef and hang it up to dry. Hey, round, round, yes, let's gray, round, round we go. Go away, that poor boy down, he won't get us no more. The German army general staff, I guess they missed connection. Went a hundred miles a day, but in the wrong direction. Hey, round, round, it was gray, round, round, we go. Hey, everyone, welcome to Real Politic. I'm Jack Frayne Reed, and I'm joined, as always, on these movie episodes by my good friend, Mr. Yair Rice. Yo. Calling in from across the pond, as always. I am, I am. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. I'm pretty tired, but I'm looking forward to getting into some 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 free jokes films with you, and and then hopefully you know getting into some some pretty good stuff as well. Some stuff that's actually like really uh, it's all pretty good. But it's, yeah, it's all good. It's mean. all good. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. we got movie chat coming up, and um, it's all kind of themed, I guess. Today's conversation about around. Um, right-wing totalitarianism yeah fascists yeah uh, fascists everywhere exactly uh, if... around the world unite um. <laughs> exactly so it's so we're not sure if it's going to be like two little episodes so there may be a couple of like conversational wires crossed here you may be like what but they haven't talked about that yet and they said they have but never mind <laughs> so well, basically consider it a part one and a part two at least yeah for know. context <laughs> What we're doing is we're going to talk about two 1970s conspiracy thrillers, but not just any old conspiracy thrillers, a very specific subgenre of conspiracy thriller, the <laughs> Nazi conspiracy thriller. Now, this is not... I, yeah. did, I don't know. Conspiracy thrillers, were they making them in the 1930s and 40s? Like, would... <laughs> Riefenstahl have had a go at conspiracy thrillers, but no, we're not talking about conspiracy thrillers made by. I I would dread to think. <laughs> well, no, you know what conspiracy they're going to be about, if, if not in Nazis. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got one that they're big fans of. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which encompasses global capitalism and global communism <laughs> but basically yeah just a real catch-all but anyway no we're not talking about films made by nazis thank god although one of them does star john voigt who's like pretty much a nazi no i mean maybe that's unfair but he is like a pretty right-wing republican and also like angelina jolie's dad not everyone knows that but I think it's uh, just a, a, bit of, a bit of trivia for you um good to know yeah so the, the two films that we're going to do on uh, the Nazi conspiracy thrillers from the 1970s we're going to cover are 1974's The Odessa File and 1978's The Boys from Brazil. Let's talk about the really fucking jokes, kind of silly films uh, about Nazis first. <laughs> because, like, we've covered films about Nazis on the show before, but it's usually been, like... Holocaust yeah. films, de deadly serious. Not that there isn't kind of stuff about the Holocaust in these films, but I think yeah. the Odessa File is genuinely a good, a good film and a good thriller, and is more serious in tone. But yeah, I got that feeling. It's not like straight facts, is it? It's sort of like crossed with like a James Bond film almost or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> just... 
tiny bit in it where John Voight has to, uh, like, they make him look older. And and it's literally yeah. like he goes on the run from the Nazis. We'll, we'll get into, like, the Nazis in a second. We're always saying we'll get into this in a second and putting something up. But, <laughs> but, like, basically, he's on the run from the Nazis and they all are looking for him. Uh, and the Israeli intelligence service just mysteriously pick him up. And they're just like, who should we send undercover to investigate these Nazis? Oh, I know. The guy who just mysteriously vanished because we took him. (laughs) Who all the Nazis are looking for. And they they make him... That made no sense. Oh, my God. They make him look old, by which I mean, like, not at all. It's such bad, bad, like... Like, No makeup. We won't use makeup, but we'll make him look old. How? Yeah, like M- Mossad. They gave him a mustache, and that's like the only thing they do. <laughs> Mossad must look just like have such such better stuff by now than than that. I mean, say, like ridiculous, but <laughs> but that's the more plausible one of the two films that we're talking about. But I guess let's get like yeah. what is plausible sorted out first which is both these <laughs> both these films are, are like predicated on the very real fact that loads of nazis after world war Two just got away yeah 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 and didn't go up at nuremberg or suffer really any kind of repercussions yeah the, the odessa file seems to be a bit more europe based the ones that got away with it and just kind of stayed where they were mm. and then the boys from brazil obviously a little bit more global um (laughs) a little bit more south american i mean it's not really set in brazil though that's the thing i forgot about it like is it is it set set in uruguay something because that'll come up later in state of siege but um yeah hang on let me look that up because mengele is like he's not actually hiding in brazil paraguay Okay, well, well, yeah, okay, right. so maybe Paraguay and Uruguay simultaneously had right-wing dictatorships in power, I don't know, but... A lot of those countries took in some Nazis. Eminently plausible, yeah, um, yeah, but you know who else fucking did? A little country called uh, the United States of America. <laughs> fucking, they, they had the Nazis fucking build well, rockets. Well, only the ones that were helpful to us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they, were, when they were putting people on the moon. Just think, yeah. think of all the poor Nazis who strived to get out of Europe. They were kindly welcomed over. Uh, admittedly, it really without much trouble <laughs> welcomed in by the united states of america they 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 worked so hard at being actively courted by the united I mean, states if you... and then they shut down the nasa plant and mary alice gets the cancer and they're selling a few <laughs> narcotics and selling a little blow uh and 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 you know it's like ain't god got better things to do than punish these poor nazi war cr- <laughs> no sorry that's well, I think you'll deep. find that the United States always has and will always welcome refugees with open arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You would never see them separate the, the beautiful Aryan scion of of, 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 <laughs> of a vicious Nazi war criminal from that proud patriarch. <laughs> Who cares about the mother? You know that's not important. That's I, I can't remember what film I watched because I've watched so many films about Nazis. <laughs> but there, but there was some fascist in it. Was just like. Um, I hear you're pregnant. I, I pray for a boy or something. They just all hate women, these these fascists. They hate a lot of people and things. <laughs> I mean, I hate them, so. I mean, it's their kind of, their whole ideology. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the extremism. That's what I say. To quote a, a great a great orator. <laughs> so, which of these two films should we talk about first? About about the uh, the escaped Nazis. I mean, I do kind of want to just get going and mention how, like, in the Odessa file, it baffled me so much how 
that thing at the beginning comes up with the rockets and the plague and then seemingly never shows up again into like the very last couple shots oh right so i messaged you about this because it's like <laughs> yeah. that nasa who was then then the leader of egypt were, wanted to bomb israel with rockets full of bubonic plague and escape and something else uh some other thing but i just heard plague yeah. i probably didn't understand some other nasty other chemical thing. Yeah, yeah 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 i was just like oh what does that get you high or what but <laughs> no it's basically yeah they, they want to drop plague on not coronavirus literal fucking plague <laughs> on israel uh, like real biblical shit um and revenge you know for yeah. that plague thing <laughs> they're gonna kill every firstborn child no but, but basically uh hopefully you know god will retaliate with like some locusts and shit uh, <laughs> and then he'll part the seas and no but the nazis are like what are they hooking them up with the plague and shit they've got like well, i've got the like yeah. a guy with a, with a big overcoat, I guess what it like is... opening it up, like him. I've got vials of the heaviest plague known to me. <laughs> the heaviest plague on the streets, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I recall, it was something like there's a factory in Germany, and the workers don't realize that they're working for them. But like, I guess the Nazis are facilitating. But it doesn't really come up in no. the main plot. I, I, I it's me- only at the very end they mentioned that oh yeah there was also this arson at the factory and the rockets never flew <laughs> oh right that's, that's it, it. <laughs> hey nice one I, I think they imply though that the Nazis like burned down the factory to cover their asses yes they were so shocked because yeah, yeah. they've been undercover but yeah I totally when they said like in like the first fucking scene that thing about like we'll get the rockets and fire them on Israel with the plague um, I, I literally message you like yo is this legit <laughs> and yeah. It's like, yeah yeah might know i don't know if this is <laughs> is this some like great great uh i feel like it's something i've heard but i don't know i've not done any research on the for, for validity of the story okay yeah cause... the movie claims that it's based on research yeah <laughs> so i did listen i listened to like some podcasts the thing with podcasts is like without listening to like a bunch of the episodes you, you if you're just looking for one on a particular subject you never really know necessarily unless they're like blatantly obvious about it where the host is coming from politically and their guest as well right. <laughs> so i listened to this podcast which was basically saying with the odessa file they were like oh great film but it's complete nonsense to me had this guy on who wrote a history book about the nazis escape route out of europe and how it was you know yeah. it's basically just the thing like it was less of an organized conspiracy but yeah they were finding ways of getting out through like people trafficking through italy a lot of the time and motiv- yeah. motivated by a, a, a you know a combination of financial and ideological uh motivations but um they effectively said that the odessa file was a load of nonsense of that simon weisenthal kind of just like wanted to believe it and it helped right. it kind of helped his cause for people to think that it was true and the guy like caveated so i literally when i say i didn't guess their politics like i didn't think these guys were nazi sympathizers like they, they <laughs> seem pretty they seem pretty like uh, against the holocaust which is you know the bar that you kind of wow you want hot take. <laughs> to clear and <laughs> when talking about the holocaust and also not getting into denial i guess is, is the other thing uh, but yeah. like yeah the, the guy clarified like i really respect simon weisenfeld but yeah he sort of just bigged up all this nonsense uh, in this case to i don't know maybe there are other examples of him doing it for those who don't know him he was oh yeah he was the the great nazi hunter how many brought a hundred or more nazis to justice or something i mean unfortunately and i don't have sources at the moment but i have totally heard that Simon Wiesenthal is uh, like unreliable, uh, to say the least. Mm. You know, um, he. I, it's pretty clear he went through the Holocaust and everything. Like, so I'm not gonna really give him a hard time about it. You know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like have who who among us has not like spread a bit of false news to further our political goals? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
know, plus, like, memory's just a weird thing. You can genuinely believe that false things are true if you kind of convince yourself of it in certain ways. I mean, it's... The, the brain is weird. Like, uh, who, who knows? Sivan Wiesenthal, I don't really want to comment on him because I don't know much about his, his, his biography, basically, other than, you know, yeah. the, the broad strokes of who he was. But he's a character in both of these films. He's not called uh, Simon Wiesenthal in um, The Boys from Brazil, but he is in The Odessa File. He's, much yes. more, he's a much more serious character. Not as big a character in the plot, but a much more less of a fucking just ridiculous clown. Yeah. I guess he's a real person, isn't he? <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> Probably for the best that they didn't use his name in, in The Boys from Brazil, because it's kind of disrespectful <laughs> portrayal of him. Uh, right. <laughs> No, uh, to be clear, earlier when I said I, it's something I had heard of regarding the Odessa file, I, I mostly meant the Plague Rockets. I don't really know about the whole, like, conspiracy. I, I know, obviously, the rat lines existed, and there was all sorts of people involved with that, but, yeah. I, I, yeah, I have no idea about how true the whole story is. It seems very James Bondy, and like yeah. you say, that bit where they're like, we're gonna age him. Uh, as like obviously less racist, but it did remind me of the Doctor No. Let's yellow him up, you know. Um, like just this is totally convincing. This is a great disguise, one hundred percent. Like oh, the seventies, because uh, I think Doctor No was seventies or was it late sixties, something like that. It, yeah, it, it was, was early sixties. It was uh, Doctor No came out in nineteen sixty-two. I think it was like okay, first, my bad. Early the first 60s. Bond film, wasn't it? Did I say... What, what do I mean to say? I, I said Dr. No. I did not mean Dr. No. I meant You Only Live Twice. Oh, yeah. That was seventy. The one that was written by Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah with, uh, with, around the same time as the Odessa file. Oh, no. No, sorry. I'm thinking of Live and Let... You, did you say You Only Live Twice? You Only Live Twice is the one where he yells up, not sorry, uh, Dr. No. That's 1967. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Live and Let Die. But yeah, You Only Live, live Twice is crazy. But basically... <laughs> This is a good James Bond film, um, the, the Odessa file. Like as that kind of thing goes, like yeah. it's not like weird fucking film like Clint Eastwood's The Eiger Sanction, which was his weird James Bond knockoff around this time. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty good. There's some re- like really good tense sequences, like the one which is just kind of total silence until he just fucking like just goes at the guy and then the guy it's just crash 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 and then the guy like gets impaled on the machine on the printing press <laughs> like, yeah that, that was great that's classic bond fight type scene yeah what did you think of uh at the end where like it revealed as if it, like, i mean there's obviously hints but it's revealed clearly that he's not seeking revenge over this jew per se he's <laughs> avenging his father i thought it was a bit lame i was like uh this is just kind of it, it's almost like they had to make it like palatable to the american audience or something like you know they're gonna make, <laughs> gonna make get it get this whole like what jewish thing like, what? What, you give, what you you seriously you're actually like putting your own neck out for like some jews and then so but <laughs> but, but americans you know they understand about family blood soil uh on a um <laughs> nazi ideals <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's just uh, a, yeah, a little sop to uh, to to reaction, I suppose. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I thought it was pretty cheap as well. Yeah, like, that was uh, a lame ass bit of the film. Actually, you're you're totally right on that. You know what the single fucking funniest bit of the film is? It's right at the start. <laughs> so the film is like set on the. <laughs> it starts on twenty second of November, nineteen sixty three. The d- a day that will live on in infamy. Yes, President Kennedy was a ride in high. A good day for living and a good day. Well, listen to the full seventeen minutes murder if you want. I was really, really hoping it was going to like also be a JFK conspiracy. No, but there is like a small bit. There is a a JFK conspiracy theory within the thriller. Oh, yeah. Which is... Like, I must they, have blinked and missed it. I don't know. They're just like... So John Voight is just driving along and he hears, like, the, the fucking JFK assassination news on the radio and he pulls over and he's like, oh, no, this is terrible. JFK's been killed. And then I, I can't... I, somehow that's when he gets involved in the Nazi stuff because he sees all these Nazis. <laughs> but ba- basically, like, the Nazis... Then it cuts to them. The Nazis are, like, having a secret conversation. I can't remember if they're... They're probably all in a room to- 
together mm. rather than on the phone because it would be might, might be bugged. But like they're they're like <laughs> killing President Kennedy should have bought us some time. <laughs> and it just like suggests that the, these escaped not, not even very literally still in Germany at large and like senior roles in society <laughs> these like at large Nazis killed President Kennedy as a decoy to take the heat <laughs> off the fact that they were planning to drop missiles full of bubonic plague on Israel <laughs> in, in collusion with NASA not NASA the, the, the American organization who were also in collusion with Nazis. NASA of of Egypt. It's fame. some real 4D chess, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they just bump off the President of the United States just to take the heat off this thing that they don't even end up doing. And then, oh, right, so, so yeah, he follows an ambulance for some reason. I, d- I don't know why. And it's on the. Yeah, we just follow an ambulance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you do. And it's on the route to pick up the body of an elderly Jewish Holocaust survivor who committed suicide, leaving behind no family. And he gets the guy's diary, and um, it talks about his life in the Riga ghetto, and then and names the SS officer who ran the camp, Edward Roshman. So John Voigt is like, I'm going to hunt this bastard down. Because, like, it turns out he's heard this thing about how this guy just, like, shot his dad. Um, I mean, it totally did stand out to me that that's, like, the only German he killed. And then in the, like, the next scene or the scene after it, he's talking to his mom about his dad didn't survive the war. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yo, yo, "Hmm." yo, yo, this guy shot a German. Yo, that's where I fucking draw the line. He's not just killing Jews. <laughs> you, can't, here. you can't do that, man. You can't kill my dad. I mean, it, I guess it's like a, a, a human response, but on the other hand, like, True. yeah, such a bad plot point. I it, mean, it could have been for both reasons, like, it, it, but instead he's like, no, nah, I didn't do it for that. Yeah. It's just about my daddy. I mean, he does kill him <laughs> to, to, to his credit. Yeah. <laughs> but, Any dead Nazi is a good Nazi. Yeah, and then he, like, leaks the Odessa files and the Nazis decide not to drop the plague on Israel and so on but like yeah it's like another incredibly funny obviously the funniest bit is like killing President Kennedy should have bought us some time but like the second funniest bit is I don't know why I find this so funny but like John Voigt he goes to the Nazi meeting and he's like really obviously taking photographs <laughs> and they're just giving this like awful yeah. speech. And it's like the classic Nazi spiel of like, we need to go beyond left and right <laughs> by doing all these right wing things. <laughs> very, very frighteningly right wing. And then they basically notice him. And that's when they, they're onto him. They're looking for him. Right. But, they, they, they notice him almost immediately. Like, his disguise lasts about one scene. Well, I mean, he, what, what are they looking <laughs> Do they not have a lot of, like, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guys around? Like, John Voight is the most <laughs> fucking... He's the only guy, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not just his politics that we need to fit in, you know? He's, like, really uh, Aryan-looking. But basically, like, he goes back to his girlfriend and he's like, Ah, god damn it! I thought this was finished. I thought they were. It was all over. But it's the same old mentality. You should have seen them. And it's like, yeah, yeah, dude. Like the far right. It's almost like it's the same exact people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like, a none of these people were punished. Uh, well, some of them were obviously, but like, there, there is just. I can't remember if it's just which of these films it's in, or if it's in a podcast I listened to or something but there was this one particular German police department in like the 1960s is it something in the, the Odessa file that like um, Wiesenthal shows him it's like every officer is is a Nazi and I'm, I, I'm pretty sure maybe I actually drew that from like some fact based thing I read or heard because <laughs> yeah, it sounds quite plausible, but like every, all yeah. the all the like top brass, because that was uh, after the war. The kind of the the, the Western powers they, they were treated as basically being innocent because oh you you weren't like in the as as you were just in the police orders. battalions you know yeah yeah were, but uh, they wanted yes. like skilled people and especially like even Germany itself 
Like, they wanted those Nazis who had made Nazi Germany what it was, like, you know, in its, its sick, fascistic form of strength. You know, like, they wanted those mm. people to rebuild Germany, and not just that, but, like, America wanted them, Britain wanted yeah. them. Being... Denazification was like, okay, let's keep them out of the very top spots, but otherwise, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Even though it's obviously very broken. One of the things was that various intelligence services around the world wanted the Nazis to teach from new methods of torture. Yeah. That, that, that is definitely an actual thing. And the same thing is true in Italy, where obviously there are a massive amount of dregs of Mussolini's fascist regime operative in society after the Second World War. Also supported by, like, the United States. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the United States had Operation Gladio, uh, which was their policy of supporting regime change in Italy. Like, they rigged, was it, the 1946 Italian elections? uh, Pretty blatantly. There's the scene in JFK when Donald Sutherland's character is doing, like, the rapid-fire spiel about, like, how the deep state killed JFK. And he's like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) man, I like fucking took out Mossadegh in Iran, I single, you know, it was me who rigged the Italian election in 1946. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. it's just part of the historical record, but well, at least in Oliver Stone's JFK. But I think a, a lot of people <laughs> acknowledge that this stuff happened. But yeah, yeah. But there was always a great demand in the Cold War for methods of right-wing repression uh, that, that could keep communists down, effectively. And many of the people who had the specific set of skills, whatever Liam Neeson would call it, were drawn from the old, the old fascist regimes of the 1930s and 40s. Yeah, it makes logical sense. Ask a right-wing authoritarian how to do right-wing authoritarian stuff. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and, you know, we'll get into more of this stuff with State of Siege, which is about a guy who goes around the world, not an ex-Nazi, an American, who goes around the world and basically teaches the police how to torture people. Yeah, and it's a behind-the-scenes thing in Missing, I would argue. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, the Odessa file. I'm trying to think if there's anything more to say about this, because it's kind of... I think... It is slightly melding together in my mind with oh, the voice uh, Brazil. The only other thing I was going to quickly say, while we were talking about ways in which uh, John Voight's character was the worst spy ever, like, calling his girlfriend while on a mission. Oh yeah, undercover. what a fucking idiot. Twice. And, and he's literally, <laughs> he's literally just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm just at fucking Berlin hey, Station. <laughs> And she's like with her like Nazi handler in the room. She's like, "Oh, what? Yeah. You're at Berlin Station, did you say? I repeat, Berlin Station." It's just so it's so dumb that stuff. Like there are some real stupid ass moments in in this fucking thing. Also, at the beginning, when well, not at the beginning, but at the beginning of like when they're. When he meets the Mossad cell and they're like, okay, we need you to go infiltrate this group for some reason because you're for some reason the perfect guy. Um, what happened to the last two guys? Oh, oh they died. <laughs> like that, that's when you're like, maybe I don't trust this cell's like training. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> it's just like all around the absolute shittest thing. <laughs> I thought what was going to be hilarious, I, 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 I couldn't remember all the details of the film when I rewatched it. And w- before he blows his own cover like a fucking idiot, <laughs> when the Nazis, when that Nazi is fully convinced that he's uh, a former SS guy, um, he he is like, okay, I'm gonna get you on our guy. He's like a specialist, and I was hoping he'd be like some Nazi plastic surgeon, and he'd give him a new face <laughs> and shit. Um, <laughs> and then John Voight off. might actually look older. Um, but no, he's just a guy who like prints fake passports and documents and shit. Uh, I guess kind of like what the guy who was saying that the Odessa network wasn't actually real in that podcast I listened to was talking about in Italy where there were certain people who 
for certain reasons. But it's just like it's like some weird dude who's yeah. just like the Nazis have got him, and he's just like he's like a he's real a nerd boy. He's like a Nazi nerd. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like the Nazis won't kill me if I play real nice with them or something. I don't know. He doesn't get killed or anything though, does he? He just like fucks off. No, he because, just fucks off. Yeah, the Nazis <laughs> tell him to go, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll just leave my my mum here with you. Uh, she's like bed bound and it's like a real Norman Bates psycho relationship <laughs> with the mother um, and and yeah she's like speaking really loud as well because that's the thing it's a brilliantly suspenseful scene when John Voight is like tiptoeing down the stairs <laughs> sneaking up on the Nazi but just before yeah. that you just have this old lady like oh are you my grandson <laughs> just... <laughs> going all Joe Biden on him hello Joe. All in all, a very jokes film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like pretty funny, and this is like the more serious one of the two <laughs> films. <laughs> Certainly a little more plausible, cause like yeah, with the passport guy and stuff, like there definitely are. There was bits of oh that could be real here and there in between the oh my god this is ridiculous what are you doing. <laughs> I wonder if there's any more, like, detail in the Wikipedia synopsis for the novel about the JFK stuff. <laughs> uh, JFK... Uh, I want to know more about how the Nazis killed JFK. Yeah, like, well, I guess it was, like, with Mike Gapes and the, uh... Well, it was the boys from Brazil who did it, I reckon. Because that's the thing, like, um... For, for... Same universe? Yeah, exactly. People who listen to, to Gapecast will know that in the episode of Gatecast that was a 17 minute song about how he killed JFK there was uh, the line about um, Stormzy his butler from when he grew up in Vienna who who was called Stormzy because uh, he used to be a stormtrooper and, um, <laughs> and there's a line that says dear old Stormzy gave me names of certain men who shared our aims he called them boys they were from Brazil to help us with our righteous kill. And it, indeed, indeed, it turns out that Mr. Gapes has been diddling around with the old cloning technology or whatever. Oh, what a bastard. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of little... Let's just say, when Mike Gapes not only... He's got his crisper out. <laughs> he, Mike Gapes not only contains multitudes and many souls, he, 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 he actually... <laughs> There's actually like multiple Mike Gapes clones wandering the earth, um, but I almost spat beer out there. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> I'm just uh, JFK Kennedy. Literally, just one. Maybe they added in the bit about the Nazis killing JFK for the film because it doesn't mention it on the uh, the fucking wikipedia page for the book at all but for the 70s conspiracy thriller nuts the book was written by frederick forsyth who also wrote the day of the jackal which was adapted into a good old conspiracy thriller for the cinema and that's about i've heard of it but i haven't seen it wait who are the oas a short-lived right-wing French dissident paramilitary organization during the Algerian War, who uh, they tried to kill De Gaulle. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. movies about that. Um, anyway, so that guy's got some real like skin in the conspiracy thriller game. Right on. <laughs> Let's get to the boys in Brazil. The boys from Brazil, as we discussed, they're not in Brazil. <laughs> oh yeah, but sorry. Why did I say the boys in Brazil? Uh, it's an easy mistake. To what was I? Just, I, don't even know I was just pulling your leg. No, you're right. You're right. The boys from Brazil. Uh, yeah, I guess that it's they were cloned in Brazil, but none of. So this film, <laughs> just crazy, just crazy film. The main characters in it are. It's a real like battle of the titans it's like one of those epic rap battle of history music videos or something on youtube it's like you know it's like mengele joseph mengele the sick bastard who did experiments in the concentration camps played yeah. by fucking atticus finch himself gregory peck and <laughs> Lawrence olivier as quote-unquote ezra lieberman A.K.A. <laughs> Simon Wiesenthal in the worst performance probably of his entire career. 
Hands down, from what I've seen, yeah. So this is really like two heavyweights going toe-to-toe. Both pretty bad, I think, actually. Peck, <laughs> Peck is a bit better. I, I will say, I don't know if this is just fake news, but apparently when they found Mengele, um, he actually did look quite a lot like Gregory Peck in the movie, with like <laughs> the same moustache and everything. I think so, from what I've seen, yeah, yeah. So, Mengele was found in 1979, wasn't he? A year after this film came out? Am I right? No, he died in 1979. Oh, wait, so he was never never caught? Yeah, he was never caught. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the Stammers. I thought that said the Stammers there. I was like, they're French. <laughs> with he, yeah, his son went to visit him uh, in 1977, and he found an unrepentant Nazi who claimed he had never personally harmed anyone and only carried out his duties as an officer. And then, Fucking yeah, he hell. he died in 1979. So, okay, I thought that he was, like, found and arrested in 1979, so I, I <laughs> completely had it wrong, because I thought there might have been, like, some, some kind of worth to this film in, like, making people aware that Mengele was at large and eventually clearing the path to him being brought to justice. Nah, completely wrong. Yeah, I think Eichmann's the only really big one that was caught. Yeah, Mengele got away. Fuck, because he did, like, really terrible stuff. Like, I don't really... Oh, he did all kinds of awful shit, yeah. I don't entirely know. Obviously anyone guilty in any way in the Holocaust is a criminal, but what he did is like... He made it personal. It's like he just piled on extra crimes, I guess. Just kind of... Right, yeah. Because he was doing it out of his own choice. Nobody told him, Yo, Mengele, we need you to go inject dye into these people's eyes to see if their colour will change. Fuck. Um, you know? So yeah, yeah that's the kind him, of... I... Nobody told him to inject gasoline into people's hearts and see what would happen, you know? Like, uh, these were his decisions, like... Um, I was so, just listening. Yeah, it's got a certain extra level of malice to it. I was just listening. I guess what makes this like these films are a laugh, but it's you know hard to uh, like find it all too funny. When in the last couple of days, I've taken in a couple of different like, I guess not even no one of them was firsthand, but a couple of sort of like people's accounts of the Holocaust, how how they experienced it, and one of them was just it. What well, this was totally secondhand. Um, how how I heard this, but it was um, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd on Michael Moore's podcast, which I was listening to earlier. And Roger Waters is like big on Palestine and BDS, so I mean he's been accused right. quite a lot of anti-Semitism. But he he like audibly starts crying in this conversation, talking about he doesn't when he's talking about his father's death in World War Two, fighting Rommel's forces but he does when he then starts talking about the holocaust and he mentions that there was this woman he knew in england after the war who was completely damaged he says she was a lovely woman but she was completely damaged beyond all repair because she's just haunted by the fact that in the camps she where she was for four years mengele had forced her to help him with his experiments that's like the other yeah. sick thing he did as well as like what he did to Jewish people is that he forced Jewish people to do those things to other Jewish people. Yeah, I mean, that was that was actually a common thing across many of the camps. Uh, you get the victims complicit in their own destruction and you turn them against themselves, you know, as well as it being quite torturous in itself. I mean, like, yeah, uh, totally looking at like, you know, the people who had to work in the crematorium were always Jews, you know. Yeah, yeah. The other account I I uh, heard of the Holocaust was was Roman Polanski's first hand account, and that's just really really heavy. I don't I don't I think we should move back right. to the boys from. Brazil. We we could maybe get into that on another episode sometime, but yeah, let's yeah. maybe steer back to the more light hearted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <sighs> it's not for me to say like how seriously one one should take some kind of historical aberration like the holocaust but i think that you know you can laugh at bad works of entertainment about very serious things yeah 
sometimes the thing is funnier because it's like why did they do it it's so kind of bizarre <laughs> and and uh, it, it, it's taking stuff of such weight and magnitude and 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 um just making such an absolute <laughs> mockery of it that it's just not a literal mockery like they're not like laughing they're not taking the piss out of yeah like, uh, no, no, like the sorry. nazis are still the bad guys they are literally uh, taking the piss out of what? a holocaust survivor though in this because the way they yeah. simon bees and fall is just as this like utter fucking klutz just this puttering like, old man yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely like a jewish word for like the kind of jewish stereotype <laughs> that they portrayed him as in this film which as i said earlier he's not portrayed as in the odessa file he's much more a character of much more gravity in that i mean i guess he was a bit of an eccentric old man but yeah you know this film really like <laughs> takes it to the nth degree <laughs> it's hard to get into talking about how funny it is now after like just talking about the real facts of the the third right it's a real movie. emotional u-turn yeah yeah it, it's uh, a real roller coaster so we one thing that i thought was curious okay. right so like the plot basically entailed they're cloning hitler right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not, uh, gates. Uh, not gates not gates and, and <laughs> trying to like not just clone him but also recreate him through social like conditioning or whatever yeah uh, yeah but... they're gonna kill 94 guys why? so why? that why like they why did they clone him with like black hair and bl blue eyes he had the black hair sure but like the blue eyes didn't he, Did he... didn't he not have brown eyes i can't maybe i'm completely tripping but i could have sworn that hitler had brown eyes should we look up a color picture of him hitler color photo Oh god! Oh, I'm going on a list now. I'm worried. I'm de you definitely <laughs> you you definitely get on more lists if you're looking up like pictures of Lenin or like young young Stalin. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, dude. It's it's kind of hard to tell in these these old pictures whether what color Hitler's eyes were. Uh, I've just uh, always heard. Gotta say, dude. No, no, his color. eyes look pretty blue in this, actually, man. Like, hang on, I'm just gonna send you this but are photo. Are Because I'm seeing one. This, yeah. this one. I don't know if it's like colorized though or what. Maybe some Nazi colorized it and gave him blue eyes just to like oh. spread fake news. This page is saying that he had blue eyes, but it's also saying he had brown hair, not black hair. I guess dark brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just did not like. It looked like they're obviously going for Hitler, but it did not look that Hitler to me. And and his eyes, obviously, they all the eyes that were fake blue were very obviously fake blue. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the movie, no, I don't know. Yeah, like that. That was just something that baffled me. He didn't look particularly Hitlerish, but oh well, whatever. It's yeah, a ridiculous yeah. movie. But it's the same young boy who plays all these kids who. Uh, whose fathers have just been killed at the same age <laughs> yeah. as Hitler's father was killed. And, like, they're basically... It turns out they've been running, again, just like the Nazi conspiracy, the dregs, the leftovers from World War Two, who obviously are vast and have a terrible amount of power. They ran a kind of Nazi adoption agency where people who are like an older guy with a much younger woman, literally at a specific exact age, they get a kid who turns out to be a clone of Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and then and all these 94 men who were all... Oh, sorry, because they, they have to have the same social position as the Hitler as well. <laughs> so, like, all the men are, like, minor civil servants. <laughs> it's bizarre what's really important to making a Hitler. I, I just kind of feel like, isn't just... Shouldn't they have all been alcoholics? I'm sure his dad was an alcoholic. I think like... they do say at one point, like, oh, he all he did... One of the mothers says all he did was drink and, like, abuse his son or something. Mm, but, sure. but, like, I don't know, maybe he didn't... Maybe there wasn't a drink part. Um, but not to mention all the of course social factors outside the home like that is what i was thinking so like yeah. this is when when is this film set like around the time that it um, are they gonna start out? world war three and have them all fight in it 
Uh, yeah, I guess the film is just supposed to be contemporaneous to to its release. So, 1978 or 1976. I want a sequel. And the book came out. Well, they fucking leave it open at the end. Because old Simon Wiesenthal, yeah. who in this film, as we say, is just a, an absolute dipshit. Like, he, is, he, he just suddenly is like... Oh, we can't. I'll kill, leave Hitler. We can't kill baby Hitler because that's bad. Even though he's not even a baby, he's like a snotty adolescent cunt. Who, <laughs> in my opinion, none of the little Hitler boys are nice. Uh, they you just all... know he listens to too much Iron Maiden. <laughs> the, the, the like the bit right. We're not obviously not going through this chronologically, but like the bit right at the end is like they show a little Hitler boy and he's like hanging up pictures of like dead Mengele in his in his creepy <laughs> little like photo room, like and yeah. it's just like yeah, this guy's a sick fucking bastard. Like he's gonna grow up. To at the very sick. least, he's a serial killer. Really. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna do, and, and and just the fact that like the dogs are trained to kill, or rather they're trained yeah. to like recognize guns. Somehow they know if someone's got the gun. <laughs> right. Again, I said the single funniest bit of the Odessa file. Obviously, the JFK bit. The single fucking funniest bit of the boys <laughs> from Brazil is Gregory Peck as Joseph Mengele's scream. Which he does twice. One when he's <laughs> wrestling on the floor with Simon Wiesenthal, and Wiesenthal fucking bites him. And the other yeah. time is when he gets bitten, not to death, that happens afterwards, but I think it's the first time that he gets bitten he by. He gets a couple times. Yeah. Little, hit, little Hitler's vicious dogs. So, like, <laughs> basically, him and Wiesenthal, they, like, start having it out and wrestling, and he's like, like, <laughs> spot on. <laughs> but like, it's I have to get a clip of it because it's mad. It's like a, it's like a monkey scream. He shoots fucking Wiesenthal, this like frail, doddering old man. Like three times or so, and it's really like a Clint Eastwood thing. Like he just falls over, and then he's in the hospital. Like the next scene, totally fucking lucid, just like I will burn the list of little Hitlers so you don't get to kill Hitler and prevent World War Three. <laughs> like I say, just terrible performance from uh, Laurence Olivier as quote unquote Ezra Lieberman. Was he getting scale or something? Like... No, I think quite the opposite. <laughs> I think he got paid a good salary, and, and he uh, just phoned it in. Yeah, that was <laughs> what that was all he needed. Yeah, just just a mad film in in all sorts of ways, though. I'm mean, I'm just trying to just just an example of like what a fucking idiot the Wiesenthal character is in it. He's totally uninterested when that young man is like, "Oh, I've got Mengele here." And Simon Wiesenthal's like, I know Mengele is active. Who gives a fuck? Uh, and, and it's like, dude, this guy like allegedly bigged up a load of questionable stuff about the Odessa file. I'm sure he would have made a bit of noise about Mengele. But uh, he just passed The idea his... that a famous Nazi hunter wouldn't be interested in one of the biggest living Nazis. Yeah, yeah. He's like, go on, go off, son. Go and do it. And this guy, he's like, what is he? He's like left the young, like the IDF youth wing or something. Or is it like, <laughs> is it a, an American thing or like a global Jewish? Sorry, not not a global Jewish, <laughs> sorry, not a global Jewish conspiracy. But like, it's called like the, the Young Jewish Defense League or something. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But this guy has, like, split off from them because he doesn't want to do, like, their violent methods anymore. He wants to, like, investigate in a, in a, a totally legit and above-board way like his hero, quote-unquote, Ezra Lieberman. And, like, although I don't know why, because, like, this guy is a complete clown. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the one who Lieberman burns the list of little Hitlers of in the end. Basically. Oh, by the way, tangent, but I just, uh, I got my letter from the Israeli government saying that my draft has been deferred. Oh, nice, man. That's great news. It's official. You Woo. know. Yay. At the, at the ripe young age of 27. Um, 
like ten years after I was supposed to get it sorted. Anyway, <laughs> so does that mean you don't have to do it? Yeah, that, that means Sweet. that they can't draft me anymore. Nice, that, that's cool, man. Draft dodging is like just an unequivocally good thing. Like <laughs> when when liberals try and attack Donald Trump on his draft dodging, it's like. Yeah. yeah, not not the worst thing he's done, my dude. <laughs> yeah, probably the most relatable thing that he's done in my well, opinion. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you're not because of principled political reasons. I'm sure he's just a coward. <laughs> but like, so what? He did, you know, it's the same to say. I'm I would be scared. It's a bit of both for me. I, yeah. yeah, I'd get killed. I don't want to get killed in a war zone. <laughs> but anyway, um, this film. Vast right wing conspiracy. <laughs> they, they don't mention JFK anywhere in it, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know this film. What 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 a film! <laughs> That's what, well, one way to put it. I don't regret watching it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I sent you any notes about it or anything, or if I I just like. I don't talking. think we talked about it much. Yeah, no, I just said the performances in it were hammy and that it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I found my messages to you asking if the NASA bubonic plague was, <laughs> was legit. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just um, a couple of interesting bits of casting in this film. You've got Bruno Ganz, who would later play Adolf Hitler. Not a clone of Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Play, play the real guy in um, in Downfall. I, I love Bruno Ganz, he's a great actor. I'm always happy in, in whatever he shows up in. Uh, worked a lot. Worked a lot with Werner Herzog. And you've also got Prunella Scales in this, in literally the only thing I've seen her in other than Faulty Towers, where she plays Sybil. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I think, unless maybe there's some other film I've seen her in at some point. But yeah, like that, I totally didn't see her presence in the film coming. But I guess, yeah, one of her mums is British in it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, what I love, though, is is um, just all the scenes where Mengele is, like, just going on these rants about what a genius he is and how his plan is, like, the only plan. And the other Nazis are constantly saying, oh, I'm not sure about this. We're going to have to call the plan off, you know? They're just, like, real weak kind of guys. They're not truly committed to National Socialism in the way that he is, because they're like, the plan is over, and he's like, no, your plan is over. There's a funny line in it that Mengele delivers, that I could really imagine being delivered by Mike Gapes, um, which is... Oh, yeah, 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 Mengele says, I, the outlaw, the so-called war criminal, have created a scientific miracle. <laughs> and, like, the, the, like that I, the so-called war criminal thing just sounds like any, like, Blairite cunt on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guys who've rebranded themselves as resistance liberals in the age of Donald Trump, but who literally, like, did the Iraq war. <laughs> just write columns like, people call me a war criminal. Well, here's why war crimes are good, so fuck you, so what if I am? Yeah, I don't know, this film is, is interesting because it kind of explores the, I guess, potential for Mengele as a real, like, excuse this characterization in light of his genuine repugnance, but a kind of comic book villain, because he was just so evil. He just was so over the top, yeah. The experiments, like, it just really, like, like we say, there's, there's the fascist evil uh, which is just kind of mindless brutality or then then there's a brutality with a real ideology to it this is like the apotheosis of that just total like inhuman extremity and this film as well as another conspiracy thriller from the 1970s called marathon man which would kind of make a good part of the trifecta of films with these two are talking about today so this film also has a kind of Mengele character although he's a stand-in uh, rather than the man himself as in as in the boys from Brazil but Marathon Man is a really interesting film 
It's directed by John Schlesinger and Dustin Hoffman's in it. And I know you narrowly dodged watching uh, a Dustin Hoffman film for today's conversation. But um, (laughs) yeah, basically this is a film where Dustin Hoffman finds out some stuff about like his brother was a CIA guy who was investigating Nazis. So obviously already bullshit because the CIA guys were helping Nazis. He poses as an oil company executive, but is actually a government agent working for a secret agency headed by Peter Janeway, who serves as a diamond courtier for the infamous Nazi war criminal Dr. Christian Zell in return for the latter's assistance in tracking down other Nazi war criminals. Um, his brother is then, like, killed somehow by, like, not, definitely not Mengele. And this guy is, like, he's living in South Africa, living off a large cache of diamonds. And Dustin Hoffman is like, right, I'm gonna fucking get to the bottom of this. And at the same time, like, I may have misremembered this. But there's this whole fucking thing in it about how he's researching his father who committed suicide after being investigated during the McCarthy era. And I'm pretty sure, like, the twist is it turns out later on in the film that his father is was actually a communist and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) this shatters my entire world (laughs) why couldn't he have been a cia brother who protected this mengele fucking stand-in like a cia agent like my brother yeah this brings in the sick twisted elements of mengele as just sickeningly over the top villain but the the famous scene in this which we actually parodied in a script that we wrote together i think i wrote the scene in particular but anyway there's a lot about dental torture in this comedy script we wrote oh yeah 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 i remember that and that comes from a film where the character of dr christian cell played by guess who Lawrence Olivier, role reversal. He went from playing Mengele to playing Wiesenthal opposite someone else's Mengele. Uh, and he's actually a lot better in Marathon Man as the Mengele type character than he is in his appalling performance in The Boys from Brazil. There's the famous scene where he kidnaps Dustin Hoffman and he does dental torture on him and he says, Is it safe? That's like the famous <laughs> line that he says when he's torturing Dustin Hoffman. Um, and yeah, if I remember correctly, that might be when he says to Dustin Hoffman, like, you know, your father, he was a communist all along. But I may have actually just totally imagined that. Uh, <laughs> and that's not actually true. Who who honestly knows anymore? Pauline Kael considered the film a Jewish revenge fantasy, apparently. Okay. Which is like, well, what's wrong with that? It was about Nazis, <laughs> like. But basically, this just kind of like confirms that they definitely uh, modelled the character on Mengele. He's called Device Angel, the White Angel, of course, and uh, Mengele was known as the Angel of Death and also Device yeah. Angel. Um, oh. And that was because when he stood on the platform of arrivals to concentration camps, he looked like a white angel directing victims to their deaths so yeah i mean i i I would quite like to rewatch marathon man i didn't get around to watching it in time for our 70s nazi conspiracy thriller chat today but i I think it's still a well-regarded film to this day right on i need to check it out there's a famous story of that and now dustin hoffman like i think he actually got kind of shitty as an actor as he went um as he got older and i think like for a guy who prized naturalism so much he got really fucking stagey and just over the top and just obnoxiously kind of mannered as he he got older and his performances when he's younger are kind of mannered too to be honest but in often an entertaining Hmm. way now of course he's kind of i think retired and he uh was accused of sexual harassment by uh, i think a few people a couple of years ago and I think his retirement kind of coincided with that. It, but it was a much quieter me tooing than uh, than some other people have have received. He famously had this thing where, in order to play this character, who was, as the title would indicate, a marathon runner, would honestly run a lot, just make himself really tired out and out of breath. And uh, Laurence Olivier famously said, "My dear boy, have you tried acting?" <laughs> 
Which is like, yeah, 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 you've, you've punctured the hole in the method thing there. But, like, on the other hand, like, dude, someone could have said that to you about the boys from Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, well, maybe if you tried not overacting so much in that particular film. But, yeah, good menacing performance from... Um, Olivier as a Mengele type character in Marathon Man, but actually on balance is probably better than Gregory Peck in The Boys from Brazil who is very entertaining and of course being a historical figure who it's totally cool to just like disrespect and defile, not as uh, kind of insulting as the Wiesenfeld character in that film yeah, th- those are kind of like our two silly Nazi conspiracy thrillers we've watched in the last few days um yeah and i I just want to say i think the nazi conspiracy thriller genre has really dried up like every kind of nazi exploitation film i've seen (laughs) post 2000 which isn't many just shit like there's nazis at the center of the earth which i watched about 10 minutes of and was like i can't do this this is like sharknado i don't know what i was expecting from nazis at the center of the earth but and the other thing was that was that Iron Sky film, which I think was part crowdfunded. Yeah. Really weird film. Um, I will say that the black guy who has white face in that film, like he goes undercover as a white guy to like infiltrate the Nazis. He looks like fucking post plastic surgery Mickey Rourke. <laughs> 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 yeah. So right. sadly, I, I'll just search Nazi conspiracy thrillers. Um, but I think it's a subgenre that has just kind of, ah, it doesn't specifically specify the Nazi ones. Uh, Boys from Brazil, um, Brass Target, rogue U.S. Army officers plot to assassinate George S. Patton to cover up a massive theft of Nazi gold. I've not heard of that one. John Cassavetti is in it. Uh, Conspiracy. Nazi officials during World War Two become involved in the final solution of the Jewish question. I guess not conspiracy theory so much, it's just a very real conspiracy that objectively happened. Um, <laughs> the edge of power. Uh, when a journalist fabricates a story that a prominent right-wing Australian politician is a Nazi sympathiser and hurts the government. Fabricated. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of think if an Australian politician gets accused of, of sympathies towards the Third Reich, um, no smoke without fire is what I say in that regard. Uh, Marathon Man, yep, we already got that. The Odessa File, yep, we already covered that. Valkyrie, the J- July 20th, hey, my birthday, July 20th plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler and overthrow the Nazi government. That would have been sick if the day Hitler was killed was my birthday, but never mind. And then the final one they've got on here is... Nah, ne- never mind. Uh, <laughs> that's not at all. <laughs> but the Nazi conspiracy thriller. For some reason, people were just trying it out in the 70s. They were like, let's, let's fucking give this a go. What do you think it was? Do you think it was that so many of these people were still at large? Uh, that has got to have been a factor, yeah. And I, I guess World War Two is a lot more recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Live in living memory for so many people, and I guess these, you know, these films were were made by a generation that was kind of like molded by World War Two. Yeah, and now we kind of like to pretend we're just kind of over all that. Yeah, end of history, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wasted time. Wasted people. Wasted you.
It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.